You're listening to the Good Old Boys Fantasy Football Podcast. Now here's your hosts, Kevin, Derek, and Alex. Alrighty, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Good Old Boys Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Derek, and I am joined, as always, by your co-hosts, Kevin and Alex. Guys, we've also got a special guest joining us tonight, and that's Stephen Pintado of the Fantasy Coaches Podcast coming to us. We've got a great show for you tonight. We're going to hit up some NFL news. We're going to do some talking about the NFL schedule and some things we're excited about, uh, maybe not so excited about coming at you. Uh, make sure that you're hitting us up on the socials, Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, Twitch at Good Old Boys FF. You can find us on the website, goodoldboysff.com, and the YouTube channel, the Good Old Boys Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure you click like and subscribe, hit those follow buttons. Thanks, guys. So, guys, let's go ahead and hit up some news and a little bit coming out, not a ton going on right now with the NFL news. And you've got Cortland Sutton is expected to be ready for camp. Zach Ertz not reporting to camp amid some trade rumors out there. The Giants went out and signed Kelvin Benjamin as a tight end. And Travis Etienne has been working out as a wide receiver in the rookie camps. So, guys, what do you make of some of this news coming out of the league? I'm still trying to figure out why the hell the Giants signed Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, I'm really at a loss for that one. Like, And that did make headlines. Like, a lot not of them. just something to talk about, but that actually made, like, NFL headlines of of something that you know was newsworthy and i can't for the life of me figure out why um but overall uh the etn stuff smoke and mirrors right it, it yeah he lined up out there what formation or excuse me what playbook in the nfl doesn't have a formation where running backs line up out wide at least once or twice a game right it's just personnel groupings like big freaking deal like it it doesn't doesn't even remotely you know raise a flag on etn or james robinson i don't think that that changes are they going to try and find ways to get etn the ball yeah possibly is there a familiarity there between uh trevor lawrence and etn absolutely freaking lootly is he gonna line up outside 30 percent of the time hell no like that is just absolute smokescreen horse shit coming from Urban Meyer. <laughs> it's Urban trying to, to make all the James Robinson owners like breathe a sigh of relief only to get their hopes and dreams crushed when the season starts. Um, this to me, uh, it's much ado about nothing, right? Like ETN's working as a wide receiver in rookie camp. Okay. Yeah, we haven't seen Trevor Lawrence turn around and hand the ball off to him. More more so, it's just turn and hand the ball to him uh, or pitch it to him. But it, that, that chemistry is there. They don't have to worry about that. It's not like two dudes that are meeting for the first time on a football field. They know each other. They've got it down. That's okay. Let's try and work him out in some other areas before we get the whole team here uh, and maybe catch you know get them a little more up to speed or show some other things. Uh, Ertz not reporting, not a big deal to me either. Uh, there were a lot of uh, vets that uh, weren't going to report early to some of these uh, mini camps uh, as part of the CBA. You know, the, there, there was something with the CBA where they didn't have to. And, you know, if he didn't want to go, it's not like it's uh, detrimental to his contract or anything like that. Uh, it could be that he doesn't want to play in Philadelphia anymore, but for the 
for me right now, it just means he didn't want to show up to, to OTAs. And let's be honest, does he really need to? The guy's an established player in this league. Um, he needs like four or five reps, and he's probably good to play a season. So um, the Sutton news is great for Broncos fans. Um, the bad news is that we still only have Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke throwing to him. Um, it's not June 2nd yet. Relax. I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, <laughs> Kelvin Benjamin, whatever. <laughs> not going to even, I'm not even going to try to make sense of it. Not even going to try. Who knows? Maybe they, maybe he paid them to join the team. Who knows? But this time of year, guys, a lot of things you're hearing uh, outside of think people saying they're playing this season, at least. Uh, it's all smoke and mirrors. I mean, it's they're hyping up different things. They're trying to throw off people and what they're planning on doing this year. And you're going to hear a lot of that over the next couple months here, especially when the rookies get in there and mix in with the veterans. And the coaches are going to start hyping up their players. That's what they're supposed to do, right? Like, they're not supposed to say, eh, he's doing okay. Like, no, he's doing the best job possible ever. Kyle Trask is amazing quarterback, Bruce Aaron just said out there a couple weeks ago. I mean, they're going to say these things about their quarterbacks, their rookies, you know, their players. They're just going to say these things. So uh, they don't overhype those things, but um, it's definitely going to be a fun time to listen to all these people talking right now. So beware of the coach speak. Yes. In the world we live in, too, right? Like, there's so much hyperbole because there's shows like ours where we need to talk about something, right? Like, you, you, you the show goes on whether you want it to or not. You know, that daily show is going to happen whether there's news happening or not. So sometimes you're going to have to make a mountain out of a molehill just so you can fill 10 minutes of your three-hour block that you have on the afternoon. It's like it's going to – it's just the world we live in now uh, with all these media outlets and everybody trying to cover the NFL 24-7, 365. There's going to be days. There's going to be weeks where there really isn't anything, but you've got to still fill your show. <laughs> <laughs> very true well guys any other thoughts on the news i think the one thing that i saw right before we kicked off was the agreement that the eagles players and the front office made regarding their off season um in that they are not going to hold so they had their OTAs or whatever after this week, I think. They're done with OTAs. They're not going to run OTAs. And in mini camp, they are not going to be running any seven-on-seven drills. Now, while some people might see that and go, yeah, big freaking deal, I see that and go, that is a big deal because seven-on-seven typically in these NFL practices is what they go live at. Um, this is when they are, you know, you want to start talking about when guys, you know, get heated, heated with each other because they've been going up against the same guy and you try and get the pads popping and, and a little bit of that football callus on your body a little bit. A lot of that comes in those seven on seven drills and the Eagles agreed that they will not run seven on seven drills in mini camp in hopes to preserve the health of the players. I don't know if that's going to translate to anything, but if a bunch of Eagles start dropping like flies inside the first three, four weeks of the season, 
you can kind of bet your bottom dollar that that will be traced back to the fact, well, they didn't actually do anything in minicamp. Like they, they looked at their playbook, they walked through the routes, they did some conditioning, but they didn't actually play football. Um, so we'll see how this develops, but I just wanted to point that out because this is the first team that's kind of made that establishment as all these teams are trying to kind of negotiate with the team's labor representatives and how they're going to handle some of the off-season stuff. The Eagles are the first ones that said, all right, we're going to do away with OTAs and we're not going to do seven-on-seven in minicamp. So who knows who else might follow this trend. I like it. You also, uh, very late in the day as well, I, I missed it on the, on the notes, but uh, you had Joe Burrow uh, showing that he's going to be full go for the, um, it's being reported that he's going to be full go for the opener, uh, regular season opener. So that would be a one question mark uh, answered there, so to speak. But uh, let's go ahead and talk about some NFL schedule. And, you know, we're going to put a little bit of a twist on this one. So we'll talk, of, of course, about, you know, what you kind of like, what you don't like about the, the NFL schedule, that kind of stuff. But um, we're going to put the fantasy twist on it, of course. And what we're looking for here is either a team that you're liking the schedule as far as, you know, you know, you, you're looking to actively go after guys for uh, positional grouping, things like that, because they're on this team and they have a great strength of schedule or guys that you're looking to potentially stay away from because of the fact that they have a very tough schedule, something like that coming up there. So uh, we'll go ahead and start on the favorable side. Guys, what are you seeing as far as a very favorable schedule or your best uh, thing you like most about the schedule this year? I, I can start here, uh, and this is going to be a real shocker to uh, to you guys. Um, but the team that I like the most based on their schedule, based solely on their schedule and no other mitigating factors, uh, are the Indianapolis Colts, and specifically the quarterback and the running back, Carson Wentz and Jonathan Taylor. Now, I know that this isn't exactly a stretch because it's Carson Wentz for me. Uh, if you've listened to this show at all, you know that I love Carson Wentz. Uh, and Jonathan Taylor is uh, one of the premier backs uh, in the NFL. But consider this. Uh, their division is not great right now. <laughs> uh, so they get six divisional games. Um, and that that's that's nice when you can knock out, you know, six games against teams that are in different areas. But the real kicker here for me, um, they get the Raiders late. And who knows what the Raiders are going to be um, come the end of the season. Uh, will they have packed it in and uh, turned their attention towards 22? Uh, or will they still be trying to hold on to a threat? So the Raiders game late um, bodes well for Jonathan Taylor and Carson Wentz. So that's why I like those two just based on the schedule. I. All right, so on the favorable side, I'm digging Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers schedule. Like, it, it is just kind of chalked right up for them to get off to a hot start. Uh, they have back-to-back home games with the Cowboys and then the Falcons, um, and followed by their first true road test with going to L.A. to play the Rams. But then you have the Tom Brady homecoming in week four. Like if 
the Buccaneers are going to win that game. If for nothing else, that Tom Brady might retire if they lose it. Like uh, he just that is his. Aside from winning another Super Bowl, this has to be the game that he has circled and absolutely said, "I'm going to throw for 500 yards." and seven touchdowns, and I'm going to bury Bill Belichick. And it'll be interesting to see how Belichick scouts Brady after all the years that they're together. So outside of that, obviously, they have their divisional games, right? But then they play at Philadelphia. They play home against Chicago. Um, let's see. They, at Indianapolis is kind of their their toughest game on the back half of the schedule in Week 12. Um and then, but the, they host the Bills, they host the Saints down the stretch. Week 17, they kind of get a softball going to New York to play the Jets. So that helps for the back end. And then they wrap up at home against the Panthers. So, however, this shakes out, I, I really, I, I really think that this schedule catered towards everything Tampa Bay. They really don't have any massive pitfalls. Yes, there's challenges. The Rams are not going to be a cakewalk, right? The game in New England, as much as I just said that, is probably it's not going to be a cakewalk, right? Those guys were together for so long that Belichick knows what Brady doesn't like to do well. He will find a way to scheme for that. But aside from those things, they play a lot of defenses with not so great secondaries, and it's going to allow Brady in the second year of this Bruce Arians offense to really unlock a bunch of the potential we didn't see until down the stretch in 2020. So I fully expect Star Wars numbers out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2021. Mm, nice, nice. Uh, well, I'm going to go with uh, – you guys will like this a little bit here, but I'm, I'm going to go with the Denver Rockers. Honestly, if you look at their schedule early on, I mean, they have the Giants, the Jags, the Jets early on. And I mean, and you need to go to the playoffs, guys. I mean, right before at least week 17 of the championship week, you have Detroit, Cincinnati, the Raiders. During the season, you have the Raiders, you have, you know, Washington, not Washington, but Dallas, uh, Philly's not that great in the secondary. So I think both sides of the ball, if you're looking to make a determining factor and some guys that are probably lower, like DJ Moore right now, not DJ Moore, um, freaking Jerry Judy and um, Colin Sutton later in those like five to seven range. Uh, I wouldn't be mad at one of those as my wide receiver two right now because the matchups are going to be good. I truly believe that Teddy Bridgewater will be your starting quarterback probably start week one, maybe at least by week four, whatever it may be. I know it's sad, guys, but he did decent. He did decent. He's not great, but he did decent. And I think as long as, as long as he's starting for you guys most of the season, these matchups are favorable. And even the run game uh, with Gordon and with Williams, I mean, Jags was bad. Detroit was bad. Cincinnati was bad. Um, there's a lot there that you guys could go after there. And I think if you go with the Broncos as a team that you might want to pick a couple pieces up, you might get some favorable matchups early and you might get some actually some really nice matchups at the end of the season. Yeah, I like it. The The Broncos definitely have some positional groupings that should feast on on that schedule there. So it'll be very interesting there. Um, I actually had two that I liked out there, both of them around the running back room. And one of them is Cleveland. I like I like Cleveland's schedule really for the entire season on how that's going to shake out. They have a couple of tougher matchups. They're kind of going down the stretch where they'll see Baltimore, um, you know, in other week type of rotation there. 
Uh, but outside of that, they should have get some pretty good run up there. Playoff matches for the first two weeks look pretty good there as well. Jacksonville, uh, whoever really establishes themselves as that running back there, have great week 15 and 16 matchups there for the uh, what's most likely going to be the first and second round of the playoffs for a lot of teams. And you're talking Houston and the Jets in uh, weeks 15 and 16. So uh, very much like in the, uh, the run that whoever is that dominant running back can get there. And it's going to be one of those that be very interesting to see how that plays out. Let's go ahead and move on over to the least favorable schedule. Uh, who are you stay, potentially staying away from because of some of the scheduling things that you're seeing? I'll go again here. Um, and it is, for me, the, the least favorable schedule is Baltimore. Um and so for that, you know, Lamar Jackson in that wide receiver room, which, uh, you know, there is still the jury's still out on that um, connection. But uh, what they get early on, uh, they get the Chiefs in week two. That's going to be a, a tough one. Um, they do have some uh, what you would call maybe some easier games with the Lions and Broncos in week three and four. But then you're going to face defenses like the Colts. Uh, the Chargers should be improved on defense. Um, you do your division games will be uh, tough. Um, they do have the bye in week eight, which I think is probably the best thing that they have going for them in this schedule because um, kind of splits the season in half there. But you get games against the Vikings should have a better secondary uh, if they can remain healthy uh, at that time in the season. Um, Mike Zimmer is known for having a decent secondary. He had to play dudes literally coming off the street last year. So if they can have some consistency, that's not going to be a cakewalk. Um, you get the Dolphins uh, after that, the Bears, uh, the Browns, the Steelers. I mean, we're talking about the pretty good defenses here that they're going to have to go up against. Perhaps the biggest saving grace um, for this Baltimore team and people who have, you know, Baltimore – players they play the Steelers for the second time in week 18 which should be at the end of or post fantasy football leagues so that is nice but in the lead up to that game you get the Packers the Bengals again and the Rams so those are tough defensive matchups there for Baltimore players in the playoffs uh in your fantasy playoffs and so for that reason I say that that is a very difficult schedule on top of, you know, what will Lamar Jackson be this year in that receiving room? Um, that for me is the least favorable schedule. So my least favorite schedule as NFL rosters are currently constructed is the Chicago bears. Their schedule is brutal. Um, specifically, they open up in L.A. against the Rams, so that's going to be tough enough. Um, but then specifically in weeks 5 through 11, they have to go across country and play the Raiders in Vegas. Then they're home against the Packers. Then they're at Tampa Bay. And then they're home against the Niners. And then they're at Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. And then they finally have a bye to catch their breath, only to host the Baltimore Ravens right after their bye week. Guys, that is a defensive 
prowess. Uh, you know, maybe not as much with the Packers, but that's that's the Aaron Rodgers effect, right? As the rosters are currently constructed in the NFL, that's a brutal schedule, guys. Like, and and that's you know, not only for the NFL season, but in the heart of the fantasy football season, that's six weeks that your guys, whether it's Montgomery, whether you like fields and you think you're going to take a flyer on him, like seeing this schedule makes my heart hurt for Allen Robinson because I love me some a Rob, but man, I don't like this schedule for him in the middle of the season. That's going to be a little tough. So for me, it's the, it's the bears. Like I, I just find that middle of the season when you're trying to jockey for position and get yourself in the right place for uh, a playoff push and to kind of assert yourself. If the bears aren't careful, their guys, they're, they're going to be out of it after week 11 and they still have six weeks left to play and just try and hold it together to get to the off season. Like this is going to be a tough pill for this team to swallow. Oh yeah. Those bears. Uh, for me personally, um, I'm going with the Panthers um, and, and especially like the, the front half of the season for them. It's decent. They had definitely some fable matchups you could say, but once they get to that back half of the season, I'm real nervous to be owning guys like McCaffrey or, I mean, Anderson. Like, I don't know if I really want to go out there and draft guys like this, especially early on, um, because they, look what they have. They have they have the um, Cardinals. Okay matchup, but still pretty tough. They have Then they have Washington, which was tough last year. Uh, they have Miami that was tough last year. Then they get a bye. They play Atlanta. That should be good. Then they have Buffalo, Tampa, New Orleans, Tampa again. That's just a lot of tough matchups at the end of the season there. And, again, we all like the matchups with Moore and McCaffrey always, but does Sam Donald really step up and take that next level? I don't know still. And it's kind of nerve-wracking to have to think about, hey, like, if can Sam Donald really do this? We really have never seen Sam Donald really show up before, especially in tough matchups. Um, so those end of the season guys, especially that back half there, I'm kind of nervous about going after guys like this, even though I do like DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. I've seen McCaffrey are taking one at one, but like guys like DJ Moore right now and Robbie Anderson, I'm a little concerned taking them guys because of how that back half of the season is going to go for them. You're mute, Derek. Dang it. We almost sat to an entire episode oh, and I had no. to blow it in the home stretch. That's one. <laughs> home stretch. That's one. That's one. Uh, very proud of us though, for making it to uh, an hour and 45 before we got one. So congratulations guys. Um, alrighty. So mine is going to be in the, along the same kind of lines as far as a running back that has, has always been very good towards the back half of the season and tends to get stronger and better as the season wears through. But I am not liking the Tennessee Titans um, schedule, especially in weeks 15, 16, 17, as you start looking at that. So Derrick Henry is going up against a tough Pittsburgh defense, followed that up with a what should be a tough, now healthy San Francisco defense on a very short week. They go from the Sunday night, the Sunday game to that Thursday night game for week 16 and then following that up against the team we just talked about with the Dolphins who showed some promise last year with the uh, with the defense. So there's there's a few things out there that that had me questioning uh where I was kind of at with Derrick Henry but looking at this uh this playoff schedule uh that it doesn't leave me warm and fuzzy looking at that uh that last bit of that season. So 
any other thoughts uh, on the playoff schedule or the uh, schedule as a as a whole? It's like the worst kept secret, right? Like <laughs> when they were revealing the schedule, it was like, uh, we're just going to tease you with um, all 17 games for every team. That's the tease that you're going to get. And But make sure to watch later tonight when we tell you everything we told you throughout the course of the day. Yeah. Well, it's just how they fall, right? Like at the end of the season, you know exactly who your particular team or any team is going to face the next year. It's just a matter of home road splits, how they fall in the schedule. Like, and to your point, people blow up about it. Like, oh my gosh, the schedule's releasing. Let's, you know, well, the dates have been released, guys. We've known the opponents for four months now. Like, seriously, since December, we've known the opponents. And now that we're in May, it's, you know, again, so NFL starved that they, you know, you know, piss on a cat and they and, make a primetime production out of the schedule being yes, released. <laughs> yes. All righty. Well, guys, any final thoughts for the listeners? Draft, draft, and more draft. If you have any questions, hit us up and let us know. This is my favorite time of year. All the rookie drafts, the dynasty drafts, the redrafts, the best ball drafts. Love it, love it, love it. So feel free to hit us up if you have any questions and you're doing a slow draft, and uh, we'll help you out best we can. Absolutely. Well, Steve, we want to we want to thank you for coming on and being our guest tonight. Always a pleasure having you on. Before we uh, before we get out of here, why don't you make sure that you plug your socials again? Let the let the listeners know where they can connect with you. Yeah, absolutely, guys. And uh, I appreciate you guys letting me come on tonight. Uh, it's definitely a late night for me. I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not a late sleeper, but uh, I powered through for you guys. Uh, this is this was a fun episode to talk about. Obviously, the Dolphins and the NFL schedule. So. And guys, as always, you can uh, you can follow the fantasy coaches over on Twitter at Coaches Fantasy. And if you guys ever want to reach out to me about any fantasy questions or just talk football, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Coach Stephen P. Very cool. All righty, guys. I do believe that that's going to wrap up yet another episode of the Good Old Boys Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure that you're subscribing on the YouTube channel, the Good Old Boys Fantasy Football Podcast YouTube channel. You can find us on the socials at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch at Good Old Boys FF. We've got the website over there for you, goodoldboysff.com. Make sure you're checking that one out there as well. For Kevin and Alex, I'm Derek. Have a good one. Be safe.